great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of top culture where everyone has a story. I have a special guest today. You have seen him on YouTube, read mega hit Cobra Kai, Sholo Mariduena. Sholo, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Uh, welcome to the cave. Thank you so much. So, uh, I mean, I, I would ask you what's new, but I think everybody knows you have a big hit, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is out, yes. It just came out, uh, I would say, almost, it's, I think it's two weeks now that it's been out. Over 15 million views? Yes, it, it, it actually is uh, quite the, uh, the feat. I, I really haven't seen anything uh, blow up this big in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an exciting thing, and um, we will talk about that a little bit too. But, uh, I mean, the listeners also know you from uh, the TV show Parenthood as Victor. And um, I mean that was a, that was another great show that you were on. But let's start off with a little bit of well, where you're from. Uh, so you know I'm I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Uh, I've lived here for I'd say on and off for 17 years. You know, I really consider myself a Los Angeles person, specifically the East LA uh, portion of Los Angeles. But it really is uh, my home, and I, I've been here for the past 15 years, almost 17 years. And it really has been uh, something that's close to my heart. Yeah. Do you uh, do you enjoy living there? Yeah, absolutely. Los Angeles is, you know, nothing beats the weather out here. But uh, it really is like no other place. I've had the opportunity to visit, you know, New York, Atlanta, parts of Mexico and Canada. But really nothing is like Los Angeles. Yeah. What? Uh, so what made, what made you uh, pursue acting? Like, how did you decide one day you like you wanted to get into acting? It was, you know, it, it kind of wasn't uh, hard, you know, uh, really concrete decision up until I would say Parenthood. I uh, had been going on uh, a few, you know, commercial and print auditions, but I think once Parenthood came and we uh, like I booked Parenthood and started working on the show it really made me realize how much I enjoy acting. And because of that, we that's when the climb really started to happen when it came to how hard and how much time was being put into perfecting my craft. Yeah. So I would say that was really the turning point when it came to how, you know, how I started acting and how I really became uh, serious about it. Uh, but I, I would say now it definitely is something that I see myself doing for most of, if not the rest of, you know, my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Did you enjoy doing uh, commercials? Absolutely. You know, it, it it started off as just something that we were going to try at first, and and if it works, then great. And if it didn't, then that didn't really. Then at least we tried, you know. But I started to book my first audition, or, or like the first commercial. And we started doing print, and that started to become very successful. So we kind of just went on from there, moving on to, you know, more theatrical roles, going out for TV auditions, eventually movie auditions, and everything kind of fell into place really perfectly. And I'm really humbled to say that it really has been a really great opportunity. Like, there's a lot of great opportunities that have presented themselves, 
And because of that, it really has made it easy for me to say that this is what I want to do just because I've been able to work with so many great people and I can't imagine myself ever wanting to do something else. Yeah. Do you, uh, how did you land your first gig and what was it? It's my first gig. Sorry about the dogs, but, uh, my first gig was a Sears commercial and I was nine, nine and a half at the time. And I really, you know, we had just moved out to Los Angeles from Las Vegas. And my mom had a friend who was an agent. She's like, you know, I really suggest that your son do this. You know, it's, it's not too hard to get into. You, all you have to do is, like, go out, like, get yourself out to these auditions and, you know, put in the work and eventually something will come up. So we were like, all right, you know, we'll try it. We, so we went out for my first audition and it was a Sears commercial. And I ended up booking it, and we were like, oh, this is so like this is so weird. We didn't even know what to do. We didn't know where to go from there. Like, what do we – do we have to get an agent? Do we have to, you know, all, all of these other, you know, technical terms that everyone else is talking about? And we were like, we just we just found out about acting and whatnot. So uh, it was very, very sudden, and, it, and it, we weren't really planning for uh, – myself to book something as soon as I did and I think because of that it was really you know really really big thanks to my mom who was able to you know make connections and meet people and meet moms on set that were like oh okay this is what you got to do this is uh this is what a Coogan account is this is what this and this and that is so because of that I, I would say that those were the first kind of inklings of the opportunity that I had in the uh, acting business yeah so so you you were on Parenthood. I mean, and that was one of that was a great show. You know, me and my me and my wife enjoyed that show very much. Uh, do you have like a what's like the best memory of that show that you have? Uh, you know, it, it was it was a time. You know, from the ages of you know seven to I would say ten are really the ages that you are the most vulnerable to making memories and and having like that's I would say when the when I started having memories that stuck with me for the rest of my life, and I think that parenthood was definitely no exception to that rule. Um, being so young, you know, 9, 10, 11, and I think we ended the show when I was 13, uh, being on a set while being so young was really an interesting um, experience because everyone on that show was so seasoned. You know, you have Craig T. Nelson, who is, you know, Mr. Incredible. There's Dak Shepard. Ray Romano, you have all of these people who are really, really, really talented, and I'm kind of thrown in the mix, um, and I'm really just a, a newbie, you know? I, I, I'm not too familiar with acting. I, this was my first theatrical role, so because of that, it, it was really a, a challenge for me to get into what it meant to be an actor and, and getting into the role and stuff like that, but... I couldn't be more thankful and, and more grateful if I could try because those, the people on that set, not even just the, the cast members, but also the crew members were so welcoming considering that, you know, the stereotype is that everyone in Hollywood is a jerk. And it, it really was an experience that um, I'm fortunate to have because it, everyone was so gregarious. And because of that, it really made me want to pursue acting even more. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite episode or scene that you were in in that show? Ooh, you know, any scene on the baseball field was a really, really great experience for me just because 
those were some moments that I really got to spend my most time uh, talking to the other cast members. And I think those are some of the only scenes I have with Jason Ritter, who is one of my favorite cast members on the show. So because of that, being able to, you know, play a game that I love, baseball, and, and act and have everyone cheer for you at the same time, it really, uh, those are some of the best memories that I have on screen and just off screen as well. And they, they were really, really good. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, um, what's your favorite uh, baseball team? Guess, let me guess, let me guess. Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodge, yeah, Dodgers all day. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. You know, uh, I, I would say by association, my, my dad is a huge, huge Dodgers fan. So because of that, it really, there's been no question about it. It's kind of born and raised Dodgers fan. There's no, no Yankees, no Angels. So, uh, uh, it really is just a Dodgers fan all the way. Do you, uh, how many games do you try to go out to see? Well, my dad actually has season tickets, so I, I try to go to the most of the games. He goes to all of them, but uh, I try to go to as many as I can, you know, as my junior year in high school. So this season, uh, I think we're only 20, 25 games in, but uh, I haven't gone to too many. I've been to two this year, but uh, when one school ends, I'll make sure to go to a lot more. Yeah. All right, so, uh, like I said, you know, you're on Cobra Kai. You know, I've watched it. I can't wait to watch it again. I already can't wait for season two. Like I said, over 50 million views. Are you a fan of the original Karate Kid? Now I am. You know, uh, before booking Cobra Kai, I will say I didn't have too much knowledge as to who the Karate Kid was. Um, the Jaden Smith Karate Kid was closer to my age range. So just because of that, that was the Karate Kid for me growing up. Okay. Uh, it wasn't until I, of course, I had seen the original Karate Kid, but it didn't really stick with me just because I was so young. I, I was maybe six or seven when I when I first watched it with my family. So because of that, everything was still so fresh that I did, it didn't really stick in my mind. But um, the once booking the role and, and getting to watch the movies again and really finding a new uh, appreciation for the movies. It really did change how I felt about them, just because it it really is. I mean, they're great movies. They're really, really well written, and uh, they're made. The the cinematography is really, really amazing on them. But getting to work with Ralph and those guys just makes you love the movie that much more, mm. because you're what you're looking at the screen. And you're watching these guys that you work with. You know, it, it is very, very surreal. Um, but I, I love it. And it really does make me find uh, the, the movie so much more enjoyable. I would say even if I didn't uh, get to work with them, the movie is really, really great. Um, I, didn't, I, I honestly haven't gotten a chance to watch the, uh, the next Karate Kid or Karate Kid 3. I, I, I should get around to doing that soon. But... Uh, right now, the first, second, and the Jaden Smith one are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Aside from Cobra Kai. So tell us how you got cast in a Cobra Kai, and how did the tell us about the audition? What do you audition for it? You know, the audition process it was very, very long when it came to Cobra Kai. I would say we did uh, a total of around five auditions. Wow. Which is more than usual, you know. For most roles, it's. Uh, you have your audition, your callback, and then a chemistry read, maybe. 
if they still don't uh, have an idea of, of who they want. But this one, you know, we did the audition, two callbacks, two chemistry reads, and then a meeting with the directors, you know. So it was it was a real it was a it was a fairly long process, you know. Uh, but it was from after the first callback was when it got really really stressful or not stressful, but w- w- that's when it got really really intense. Just because then I started doing my auditions with Billy Zappa, you know. So those were when they were like, all right, we have it narrowed down to the five or six people that we like, we want them to read with Billy just to see if the, the you know, the on-camera chemistry looks real, you know? Yeah. So because of that, I'd go into the audition room and he'd be like, hey, how you doing? My name's William Zappa. And I'd be like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, <laughs> this is so crazy. It, it, it made it, you know, it made it uh, very nerve-wracking, but at the same time, it really did make it special just because, you know, now I'm able to say that I, I did uh, both the role and and I, I would love to see you know what was going on in the director's room just because it always is so crazy to think about what they're saying and whether or not they like you or not but uh, I I'm hoping that I well I can assume that I that I uh, did at least okay in the first couple of auditions and I am really happy to, to be where I am now. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Hey, this is Keith Coogan, uh, Brad, and the Adventures of Babysitting, Kenny in downtown on Babysitter's Dad. And you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. So, um, you know, you, you star as Miguel. What can you tell us about his character? His character. Um, Miguel is a very, you know, down to earth, really shy person at the beginning of the series. Um, he opens up a bit, you know, uh, towards the beginning of the series. And then by the end, we really see his character arc really start to change in terms of his morals, um, what he feels is most important. Uh, because at the beginning, it really is just school. He doesn't know anybody. You know, it really is just uh, he's focusing on school. He gets to meet these friends of his. Um, and then finally, after joining Cobra Kai, he really uh, finds a home with you know, Hawk and, and Eli and uh, Eli who turns into Hawk and, and Dimitri and, and all of his friends, Aisha. And after that, it really is just uh, uh, the journey of finding himself in Cobra Kai and, and learning what he feels is important. And it, it, uh, his journey is 
really different from a lot of the characters just because he how do I how do I put this? He's uh, very sensitive and he uses that to, you know, make the climb to the top of Cobra Kai. Yeah. And he really does go through this really crazy story arc and that's really all kudos to the writers. They really did a, a really well job developing that character yeah. along with a lot of the other characters, you know, the Aisha character, the Hawk character. Is, has a huge transformation mid-season that uh, that really does. I, I can't wait to see what they do for season two. I wish they knew what what. what, what I wish I knew what they were going to do for season two, but he really is uh, a character like no other. Yeah. How do how like how did you prepare for the role? And like, what's been the biggest challenge playing Miguel? Um, I think the biggest challenge is. I, I would say for, for most of the roles, it really is kind of a hard challenge to make the character what the writers and the directors want to see while also finding a way to make it your own. Um, I, that, that's a really, really big struggle that, that I found, not necessarily only in this one, in, in this project, but really in a lot of the projects that, that I've been able to work on this one in particular, because you have so many things to juggle, he, uh, so I, you need to learn karate, you know, you need to juggle a love interest and everything. You have to, you're dealing with this, this teenager who really has an absent parent and, and is searching for that, you know, attachment in another person. So because of that, all, juggling all of those things really does make it a little bit difficult to, um, you know, focus on that and then acting and then learning your lines and stuff like that. But, but it really, I don't think it's been too much of a problem that, that I would say is the biggest, but even though it's the biggest, I wouldn't say it is that much of a problem. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, the big fight scene that you have in the cafeteria. So the fight scene in the cafeteria is against, uh, you know, Miguel's bullies. It's all about, um, this guy Kyler and he's making fun of the girl that I like so because of that I stand up for her and they they try to punk me and stuff like that but this time you know I'm ready because I learned the way of Cobra Kai uh earlier in the season you see me uh get my butt whooped by these guys so it really is kind of an underdog redemption moment uh for Miguel but it really is the first time we kind of see a success on Miguel's side. It really has been, uh, you know, just him getting his butt whooped. But this episode, the fifth episode, right, right, in, right in the middle of the, the series is kind of when we see him projectile into something much larger than just being the kid who fights back for himself. Yeah. Um, it, it was one of my favorite scenes to film. You know, it, it took uh, two days to film, but it really was, uh, rewarding watching it at the end. Now you have a, a martial arts experience, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I I did uh, a year and a half of Shotokan karate when I was in first grade, and you know, as much experience as a year and a half sounds like, going in, 
you know, 10 years later, I figured that, um, I figured that it would be easy to get back into the groove of things, but it was quite the opposite. You know, after 10 years of, of not practicing at all, you really aren't acclimated to stretching at all. And because of that, that was the hardest part, not learning, you know, the choreography or learning how to kick or punch or stuff like that. Stretching by far was the largest challenge that, that I faced doing, uh, you know, working on Cobra Kai. But I did have experience. And because of that, it was a little bit easier to, to learn the form that you need to, even though they're not exactly the same, um, uh, you know, karate styles, it was easy to just, you know, because I already knew the basics of how to punch, how to kick, uh, your different types of kicks, um, how to be mobile while, uh, while punching and whatnot. It, it did make it a little bit easier, but stretching, I would say, was the hardest thing. Yeah. So, so how is it working with, like, the original cast members from the movie with, uh, like, Ralph Macchio and Zapka? Uh, you know, uh, Ralph Macchio and, and, and Billy are both really, really down-to-earth people. You you watch them on the screen, and it is kind of surreal to work with them in real life, but they really are two of the the nicest, you know, most sincere, humble people that I've ever met. And it, it really, they are people that I aspire to be, and, and of course, you know, when working on Cobra Kai, I do my best to make sure that they're pleased with what's coming out on the screen just because this is their lives, you know. This has been 30-plus years that they've been waiting to to do this project again, and I really do want to make them proud because of it. But with that being said, they really do allow – they really do give me a lot of freedom to put – to breathe a little bit of my own life into this character. And because of that, I, I really do have to thank them. But just as, you know – who they are as people that are amazing. They they really do have a lot of life lessons and a lot of life experience. And because of that, I try to listen to them at every moment that I, that I can just because they have been in the game since the 80s, you know, and because of that, I really do try to learn as much as I can from them. Yeah. What kind of, like, tips and portraits have they given you throughout the filming of Cobra Kai? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, Ralph and Billy are both two really uh, – sincere people and I think because of that the the message that they've taught me not necessarily explicitly but just in their character and the way that they act is that you have to be really sincere when when you're working with a lot of these people on and off the set of Cobra Kai uh, I've had the chance to meet a lot of people who try really really hard to be something that they're not and I think uh, Ralph and Billy are both the pinnacle of the example of people who really are just themselves and I think because of that, they, they really do find a lot of success just because people don't want to work with jerks. People don't want to work with people who, uh, for lack of a better word, are, are, are just, you know, not fun people to work with. They're not, not enjoyable people to work with. So because of that, um, though that tip, you know, be yourself, although a little cliche, really is something that uh, goes a long way, especially for these two guys. How does it feel like, you know, it pretty much like, you know, you're the next Karate Kid right now. Like, how does it feel having like that title? It is, you know, a lot of pressure. Uh, both Ralph Macho and, and Jaden Smith really did, uh, and Hillary Swank for that, for that, uh, for that matter, really did uh, 
bring a lot to the table when it came to what it meant to be the Karate Kid in their in their uh, era, their their time, you know. So because of that, it is a little weird to consider myself the next Karate Kid, just because you know it, it's a big title and it is hard that to know that Ralph and these guys are you know passing down the torch to myself, but. But I want to do, I want to please them more than anything. You know, this is their project just as much as it's mine. This is my project just as much as it's, just as much as it's theirs. So because of that, it really is important that, to myself at least, that I make sure that I'm pleasing them, that I make sure that, that they are happy with the product just as much as I am because, you know, I didn't have to get casted. You know, it could have been someone else yeah. just as easily. So because of that, I, I really want to make sure that that I uh, that they uh, that their opinion is uh, supportive. Yeah. Have they have they told you yet when season two is going to start filming? Um, it, it's going to look to be filming around the same time, right around the September uh, October range. And we'll probably film up until the end of the year. Yeah. So, so that's that's what it's looking like right now. But all of that is subject to change. Yeah. If you could work with one person on TV or a movie, who would it be and why? Ooh, one one person. Um, I'd really love to work with Michael Sarah. Uh, it's kind of a weird answer, but I really am a, a huge. Uh, big fan of his. I, I love Superbad. Uh, I love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. He's great in this is the end. Uh, and all of those kind of, you know, silly movies are uh, some of my favorites. So because of that, I, I'd have to go with Michael yeah. Sarah. Yeah, he's uh, Superbad is actually uh, is a really funny movie. Um, so, yeah. So what do you think is the hardest role that you've ever played? Do you think it's Victor or do you think it's Miguel? Um... It's hard to say just because I've finished, you know, the Victor role and I and I was able to experience his whole story arc. I haven't been able to do that with Cobra Kai just because I know there's so much more potential for, for what they have in store for him. So I would say just because of that, I, I think Victor is a, was a harder role to play just because there's so many different layers to that character that you see throughout the three, four seasons that he's around. So because of that, you know, going to the foster adoption system and his parents uh, getting separated and having an aunt that has cancer and having a sister that you don't really know at the beginning mm -hmm. and going to a school where you get held back, just all of these different layers that you see throughout the season really are hard to, A, make authentic and seem real, but B, bring the emotion, you know, this raw emotion to the table that makes others feel, whether or not you relate to the character uh, that character and a lot of the characters on that show really do make you feel. And yeah. because of that, it, it really is hard to bring that to the table. Yeah. Um, like I said, I cannot wait for season two to come out for Cobra Kai. I guess a huge fan. Is there anything you want to share with the listeners and the Cobra Kai fans, Karate Kid fans, even Parenthood fans? About season two? Anything. anything. Or, or just about anything? Anything. Um... No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, be on the lookout. The, the Cobra Kai series is infamous for dropping teasers here and there when it comes to uh, upcoming uh, events and, and uh, tidbits when it comes to uh, 
Cobra Kai. So I think because of that, just make sure that you're on the lookout uh, on the page. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right. And how can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, Instagram is my name. So Sholo Marizuena, X-O-L-O underscore M-A-R-I-D-U-E-N-A. Twitter and Facebook are the I want to personally thank you to come on the show and uh, I hope you come back on when season two comes out. Absolutely. Thank you so much.